Hey, hey, what's going on? It's your boy KG. It's your boy LB. What's going on, everybody? Yes, sir. We back again with the Thin Two Loving Sports, episode yes. ten. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we back to it. Um, man, a lot, a lot didn't happen since we last spoke. A lot uh, going on. Man, anything happened with you? Nah, man. I mean, other than you know, same old things going to work. Just been enjoying, you know, pretty good playoff seasons in basketball. Yeah. You know, uh, baseball starting up, so I'm trying to enjoy that a little bit and learn a little bit more about the sport. But other than that, man, it's been going on. Yeah, nothing, nothing major happening with me. Uh, everything that's been happening is um, pop culture related. Yeah. Especially today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got any any feelings about the the elephant in the room, I would say, the, the Drake and, and Pusha T beef, anything like yeah, that? Yeah, we can touch on that for a second, man. So... <laughs> You know, I'm a. I can't say if I'm a. I don't know if I'm a. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a fan of Drake's music, put it like that. You know, I'm not like a big fan. Like I just, I don't go get everything he he drops. I like his music for you know when it's good, put it like that. But I've always been a Pusha T fan as far as you know, as far as the punchlines and the rhymes he comes with. And uh, I was kind of excited for the beef, man. And then I think this this last one was a little bit little bit cutthroat though. This yeah, this little, I, this little I, response I, he had to Drake. And I'm like you, but kind of the other way around. Like, I'm. I acknowledge that Pusha T is good. I'm not the biggest fan. I know he has a lot of people that really love him, but you know me personally, I'm not the biggest Pusha T fan like that. And then Drake, um, I like him sometimes. I mean, I'm not the biggest Drake fan either, uh, but they both have songs that I like. I would say I like Drake more than Pusha, but yeah, um, I like that Pusha took the. Took it to a level that um, that obviously, you know, if you're online, a lot of people they ain't used to this. Like they ain't used to, they, yeah, exactly. They really to this not. level of dirt being slung. You know, yeah. you got to think the Jay Z and Nas beef was. Whew, I man. mean, you go back to Tupac and Biggie. I mean, Tupac and Biggie. I mean, boy, they ain't hold nothing back. But it was just so long ago that yeah. a lot of these people that are fans of Drake. Either they weren't even born, or yeah. they were too young to really remember. This new generation, man. So they, yeah, they somebody goes a little bit too deep, they really can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, know some of the stuff Jay Z said about Nas. I mean, if you look at Jay Z now, mm-hmm. you probably wouldn't even believe he was saying them yeah, things. He was saying it, exactly. yeah. Ooh. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy that it's happening because it's real entertaining. Yeah, and I I hope they you know keep it all on wax of course I, I would hate for somebody to oh yeah i mean i don't think it escalate but i don't you know. think drake go that far anyways he only have people in his corner to go that far so no, it's drake, like, I don't, yeah you're right you know what i'm saying so i don't think it would but i just, I just like the fact that you do have somebody i guess push t is considered an underdog even though he's been in the game a lot mm-hmm. longer but he's considered an underdog where he's yeah. not holding anything back he's taking it straight to him i like you that got to. You i like got that to. you know i was kind of disappointed in the whole me thing yeah me he let us down man you know. he he left a lot to be desired with the song he put out. So, all right, but yeah, man. So, well, we let's go ahead and get into it, man. Let's do it. Um, let's do it. So, everybody, is pretty sure they heard by now. The NFL has went ahead and they changed uh, the ruling to where <laughs> players have to they have to stand up their national anthem or they can stand in the locker room. Um, I can't say I saw this coming, but it was just like I'm not surprised by it. No. You get what I'm saying? I'm not surprised by it, and I'm not surprised by the way uh, the details start to come out about it, mm-hmm. that it really wasn't voted on. Yep. You know, Roger Goodell just said, hey, this is what's going to happen. It's going down like this. Kind of let a couple owners know, 
Mm-hmm. And the owners really didn't even vote on it like that. You know, it yeah. just happened. And, of course, the players weren't consulted before it happened. But right. it's a rule. Yeah. You know? So then, you know, they have to bring your boy, uh, not your boy, but, you know, their boy Donald Trump into it. Trump is my boy. You know I saying? don't like him. Yeah. But he's a terrible president, a terrible person. And he's devalued the position. Mm-hmm. But he is entertaining, though. I mean, he's, like, yeah, he is entertaining. He's like a car wreck. But so, I, so what I'm seeing now with this though is that you see that the owners are starting to speak out more about it. You know, with their dispositions they have mm-hmm. to go through. You have a uh, Kraft, you have Jerry Jones. Now they're speaking out, saying that hey, Trump has been this guy that's mm-hmm. been like against it from day one, and he's been in our ear telling us that you know this is a good situation that he's going to win. You know, and then you have the owners. Hearing this, and then now they have they're going back and they're telling us all this. I, for them, it's not like they're trying to like save themselves, pretty much. Yeah. Because it, it, for a while, you know, especially all last year, we all felt like the owners wasn't doing enough. The mm-hmm. owners wasn't backing their players. They yeah, wasn't I, doing anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it seemed like the owners wanted the players to, you know, stand and not shake the table, yeah. rock the boat. You yeah. know, don't ruffle any feathers. Um, but when Trump came out. And said, get that son of a bitch off the field. Mm-hmm. That's when the owners wanted to get involved and show some type of solidarity. Right. But it was only for a week. It was only for a week. And then it was over. And then it was back to, I prefer my players uh, respect the flag. I, you're not. So so, so why do you think they actually went on ahead and did made this rule? I want to say that. I was just say good day, I guess. You know, I why, think, why do you think they made this rule, though? One, like because, the underlying reason for it. Man, two things. The first one is money. Mm-hmm. Money. Like, I haven't seen their financials. I can only assume that the negative press and pub that they got from this, from their season ticket holders and their core fans, because I know right. that they're predominantly white and I know they're predominantly pro anthem, pro flag, and all that type of stuff. It may hurt some pockets. Mm-hmm. And then it may look bad in the eyes of their buddies, you know, with the money and the billionaire and the political power and things like that. Like, hey, you don't have control of your lead. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think the real issue is this is Roger Goodell just, you know, power move flexing his muscle. No one likes him. He knows no one likes him. So he does whatever he wants. Yeah. What you think about it, man? So I think it kind of along like the same lines, man. It's first, you know, it's always going to be about a money thing with them because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a billion dollar industry. But I think at the same time, they're trying to also trying to save face as far as like, because last year there, there was this cloud around the whole season pretty much. You know, it was, are we protesting? Are, are we as fans going to protest? Are we going to not yeah. go to games? Are we not going to watch? Are we not going to buy this certain product? Mm-hmm. It was like, of course, there goes the money, but at the same time, it's just like my morale was low to yeah. watch it. And I feel like they, I feel like they think that if they do this, then it gets everything back focused on football, and then we can kind of build their morale up. It might take some time, but you know, people still gonna talk about it. But the morale to watch the game will kind of go back up. And I kind of so I see what they're doing, but at the same time, it's like you don't want to deprive these guys from having, you know, these thoughts for the or for their beliefs, what they want to stand up and believe for, you know, for the country. Man, I, I think it's weak. I think it's. I think it's some whole shit, you know, to force the players' hands mm-hmm. because it may have been less than 10 players on these 53-man rosters right. 
what is it, 30 teams? Or is it 32 teams? How many teams is it? I can't even remember. Uh, 16, 16. is 32 yeah. teams. So out of 15, well, I mean, what's that, like 1,500 players almost, maybe 1,600 yeah. players, like 10 people. No, I definitely get it. I just think that, again, it's like it's always the, the way they go about doing shit is like the wrong way. Like how do you good deal? Like, you know, I know you're the commissioner and these guys pay you. They just do your contract and all that type of stuff. Then you go in there and flex your muscle. You don't try to consult the players, not even or even just the players' union. At least do that. You know what I'm saying? They'd be like, hey, this is what I'm coming up with. Like, you know, what are your feelings about it or something? You know, as, as a good commissioner or a leader or something like that, that's always something that you want to do is consult them at least. Instead of rather than just wake up one day and it's like, well, he, I'm sure he didn't wake up to do it, but everybody else wake up and we see this this new ruling that you can no longer uh, kneel. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You man. know what I mean? I think the players, I, I think the players should just go ahead and I mean, keep on doing it. I, I'm going to tell you what's going to happen, man. Roger Goodell is going to effectively turn a lot of people off of football. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? By himself. By himself. Because I'll be real with you. Fantasy football is the reason why I keep up with football. Even though I may not sit there and watch it on Sundays, I may try and watch my team. But there was a point in time where on Sunday I wake up, cut on ESPN, watch all the pregame stuff, switch to Fox, watch that pregame yeah. stuff. Watch the games. Switch you watching back that all day. Between the games. That's your whole day. Yeah, that's that's my whole day. Monday, come home, sitting right in front of the TV for Monday Night Football. Like, I would watch it faithfully. Yeah. And as I got older, I kind of, you know, just, you know, tried to keep up with my team and watch whatever, you know. But now, I'm, like, really turned off of football. I'm turned off of it. And then you have these concussions and things like that. I have a son. He's turned off of football. Yeah, And I think it's a lot of people that feel like I feel. And when you have all these people that's turned off of your sport, yeah, the guys that's in it right now, they're going to keep it going. But, the, you know, the momentum of kids coming yeah. into the sport, it's going gonna, it's gonna to slowly but surely dip for the way you're treating these players and you're treating these black players when your league is 60 70% black. They feel like they're not wanted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most definitely. I mean, you say, but you say you're going to have, uh, I think these players are still going to find a way because they feel deeply about it. They're going to find a way to keep on, to continue doing what they have to do to, yeah. you know, show what they believe in. They are. Protesting. And do you still have the Colin Kaepernick case. The collusion. The collusion still going on. Yeah, that's where this, uh, Jerry Jones and all the stuff about Trump came from, you know, yeah. his, his deposition for the collusion. Right, so that's still, still coming up. He has his collusion case yeah. and all of that. So they're going to be wrapping that up pretty soon, I believe, if I read it correctly. Um, so, you know, I think some more will come out from there. But like I said, these players, it, I for one thing I do want to see is that this is a good time to show the players how hard – for the players to show how hard they really believe in something and they really protest. Like, even though they have this rule, what are you going to do now? You get what I'm saying? So are you go, how are you going to raise awareness for this cause, which was the original reason why you did it? Right. So and, uh, we haven't even mentioned it. We haven't even mentioned it. The initial cause for – the protests had nothing to do with the flag. It had nothing to do with disrespecting the country or anything like that. Of course, that's how people took it because they wanted to ignore the real no, reason think, for the protest. I don't think people even took it that way. I that's, that's, that's how people made it. Yeah, that's certain, what I mean. Certain people made it They like made that. it that you know way, and that's how they took it. Like, oh, you're disrespecting our country. Originally, it was like when it happened, we were kind of like, oh, what is this? And then they had the, the first explanation. Colin had the first, he's the first person to be able to explain it. Right. I'm doing this because it's so Somebody okay. came up to you know him. I mean? I mean, so then 
And then somebody else above it said, oh, you mentioned my flag. Now I'm right. start taking it a different well, way. It's, it's, you, you know, know what I'm No one cared that he was doing it. Right. Because he wasn't even suited up when he was doing it. I remember it vividly. He was playing clothes. He was still coming off an injury. And since he wasn't suited in pads, he was just sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. First two preseason games, he's sitting on the bench. Third preseason game, he's suited up, and he's still just sitting there. And nobody really said anything when he was sitting there. And then when the reporter came up to him and asked him, why are you sitting down when everybody else is standing up? And he just, you know, like Kaepernick has been doing this whole time. He's not loud. He's not in your face. He's really uh, polite, well-spoken when he said it. He said, I'm sitting because I'm protesting the police brutality that the government is looking the other way on when it comes to the lives of unarmed Black men and teenagers and things like right. that, and black people. And people so still, as soon as he said that, that's when the outrage came. Right, but people still forget that that he's he consulted with an ex-military vet, yeah, on what he should do, and and the military vet told him that you know to not be disrespectful, you should go and take a knee. Just yeah, Neil would be much much better. Yeah, rather for you to uh, convey your, your message, right, and still you know show some respect to the so, flag. And seeing people are like they sweep that under the rug. That yeah. whole part right there, you it's know a power saying? thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we we really get into the uh, and like to the racist side of it. Yeah. It's just they want to be able to tell somebody what to do. But I know it's the sides that we built on now, we all we're built on how big the narrative can be. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? The bigger the narrative, the more controversy it starts. The more people are talking about it, the more news or media is being brought into it, and that's what we're kind of built on now. That's all it is. You know what I'm saying? So it was just like. They, they, of course, they screw that stuff out the way and they bring in all the negative stuff so we can keep blowing that up. And right. they, they even doing it now. Right. Just trying to blow this up even Make more. Make it a story. I mean, right. it, the story has grown into something to where we have to remind them what the original cause mm-hmm. for the protest is. Yeah. So that's one thing. Yeah, we don't want people to forget that. No. What their whole cause of. And like I said, I hope these players who have been protesting, like I said, that small handful, I hope they continue to find a way to raise awareness, you know, um, What's so crazy the about protest. it is I don't even think they have to protest anymore. No, you don't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because don't. it's been done and we understand what you were protesting for in the first place. But now it's a pissing contest. Like, yeah, right. I'm, I'm, you better not protest. And, okay? I thought, and I thought the same thing, too. I was yeah. just like... You really don't have nothing more to prove. Now it's more or less about action. Action. You yeah, that's saying? how I feel. And that's a, that's a, that's the main thing I hope that these players start doing. Start showing me some action. Like, okay, like you cause awareness. You, you made me aware. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, damn, it is a problem in America going on right now with black males, unarmed black males. We all get it now. So yeah. what are we going to do to make this better? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. I'm going to go a step further because they didn't make me aware. Mm-hmm. Like, I was very well aware of what was going on. What they made me aware of is how large the uh, percentage of the population is. And, you know, we try not to cuss on on here, but how many people just don't give a fuck Mm -hmm. about this situation, how they would sweep that under the rug or they'll deflect that and they'll talk about something totally different and just ignore the real reason for this going on. They, they let it be known. Like, I'm glad that Kaepernick did this. I was a little um, hard on the people that were saying uh, Kaepernick needs to play. Kaepernick needs to play because I'm like, well, you know, I'm just being honest with you. 
Kaepernick, he wasn't all that good. He was good, and he definitely believe, you know, belongs on the team, but he just, like, they were making it seem like he was just raw, and I'm like, no, he's not raw, but he deserved to be uh, out there. Be but second or third. I like that he exposed the hand of all of these people you know, like they, they they couldn't keep it quiet no more. They couldn't keep their true feelings inside anymore. Like he agitated them to the point to where they had to speak up. And you see it on Facebook, you see it on Twitter, you see yeah. it everywhere. So yeah, it goes they to the have point. to so, speak so up. So like, it, it, it bothers them so much. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, I see what type of person you are. So that's what I'm saying. So when I was said I was made aware, I'm talking about me as the people. You know what okay. I'm saying? The people okay. as a whole is like now we're we're completely aware of what's going on. We we see it. We're giving examples every other day. We're going to get into that here in a second yeah. of how much of a the reason why Colin did this. Now we see that he was right for doing this. So now let's say that what's, you know what I'm saying? What's the next step? What's action now? What can we do more? And I'm, I'm with you on that. You know what I'm saying? So let's uh, do that. But now that you've been challenged, I want them to do something in contrary to what they told you to do. Like you're a human. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I know you're a player. I know you got to get this check, but you're a human and you see what we see. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So what are you gonna do to help us? Or yeah. you know, to help the country, you know what I'm saying? I mean, just just like, just show us that right. you know what I'm saying, that this is bigger than money, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's like, all. So like we just said, like how Colin was what he's been protesting the for, what he's been standing for, the, for, the whole national reason for, we come up to an incident in Milwaukee. Yeah. Unarmed black male. Not just any black male though. Yeah. Oh yeah, we can keep going though. Yeah. So you know he so he he double parks. He was in the wrong probably. You know double mm-hmm. parks in the lane at Eckert's. The parking lot is empty. Comes out, just so happens you know it's it's a uh, Sterling Brown mm-hmm. of the Milwaukee Bucks NBA basketball player. Cop obviously doesn't know this. Nope. And comes up to him and starts questioning him. You know what I mean? And he was not being hostile or anything like that. Sterling wasn't. He's answering his questions, but he's steady trying to belittle him and you know talk crazy to him he's getting louder he's getting frustrated with mm-hmm. him trying to make him escalate yeah trying to take the situation as much as he can he calls backup for a ticket mm-hmm. you know at, at most this was a ticket a parking ticket illegal parking i mean with so, the way he was handling it i mean yeah a normal cop would just let you go right and but then you know what i'm saying even then starting brown at, at no point he didn't have, he didn't have to try to say hey i'm an nba player he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, he didn't try, he, to, he didn't try to like stun on him. Exactly. Yeah. He was just trying to say like, "Hey, you know, I'm so and so. This is me. I parked here. Like, are you just gonna give me a ticket? Like, why are you?" He, he asking questions like a citizen can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He didn't get loud or anything like that. He didn't cuss at him or anything like that. So it turns out he and they end up uh, trying to detain him, and they end up giving and tasering him. They tasered him twice. Twice. All this for a parking ticket. And they tried to make us say that he. Made a move towards them, but of right. course that wasn't the case. Um, and the way things have gone, luckily he was just tagged. Man, you know? luckily. But, but then it goes back to the part that you just said, though. They try to sleep on the road. Did, when did this happen? January. It was January? January. I, I, I didn't know when it happened. And look where we at now. Yeah. You get what I'm Five saying? Five months later. They try to do these things. You know what I'm saying? Right, and, right. And, and, you know, speaking to his case specifically, It's not uncommon for cops to do you that way. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that listen to this, I'm pretty sure at least one time in your life, you've encountered a cop for any situation. Maybe they gave you a ticket. You know, we was in college. You know, they used to come break up parties, all this type of stuff. And they would come 
with the mentality that they are superior. Like just so much superior that they, you know, like they're talking to yeah. a dog or something like yeah. that. Like that's their mentality. Like yeah. they come at you aggressive. Aggressive, like, you know, hostile. And it just makes you feel like if you wasn't a cop, you wouldn't talk to me this way because I wouldn't let you talk to me this way. Mm-hmm. But since you come over here with this badge and this gun. Right, right, right. You come on. You are already on 10 Yeah. when I'm not even on 10, when the situation, you know what I'm saying? And we in the wrong for being human and matching their intensity. You know what I'm saying? It's like they want us yeah. to cower when they hit the scene and, and everybody not going to do that. Like, I don't like that type of stuff. I'm just, yes, sir. No, I don't even say that sometimes. So it just depends on how I feel. But it's just like for me, though, when I see, when I do see like, you know, a cop, you know, with his badge and his gun, I don't say I cower down. But at the same time, I like, OK, I know why he's here. Yeah, I'm not saying you. You know what I'm saying? Cowards, but I'm so saying they like, want you to. Yeah, of course. Like, no, I'm, I'm just saying like just me. If, if, he yeah. go, if I was see a cop, he don't say anything to me. I'm automatically gonna say I'm gonna have some type of respect for him. I already know what you're here. You're here to de-escalate the situation, whatever it is. But like you said, as soon as they open their mouth, it's nothing but aggression. Yeah, and you don't even have to be that way. You don't. You know what I'm saying? Especially when it's like a situation like that when you're just a parking. This is because he double parked. Screen. I mean, and I got it, it's happened that. to me you know before. Yeah, it's happened to me. Also. Where, uh, you know, um, situation, cop came through, and his attitude was just all wrong. Yeah, and it's like, damn, bro, like, see, it, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, it really hits home for me, though. Not even just for my own, for me personally, but you know, my uh, my my fraternity brother. Yeah, I, I was gonna bring that up. My fraternity brother, Gabe. You know what I'm saying? And he been affected, right? And he by this situation was gunned down on our black man and stuff like that and to this day they tried to sweep that up under the rug yeah you know what i'm saying it didn't make national like like you know it's like it probably should have but and it's just like to see that how they are when they just see a black man and it's like i feel like the situation like is is getting crazier and i so i mean i, I still applaud colin kaepernick and them for doing what they do and i say it just it's something that's going on in america that just like it has to be has to be addressed it has to be addressed a whole lot more than what it is and the craziest thing about this is Sterling Brown is a NBA athlete. NBA athlete. He's not the first NBA athlete mm. to encounter police brutality. A professional athlete, period. Well, you know, they yeah. broke uh, Thabo Cephalosha's leg. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? His leg got broke from a police encounter. Yeah. He had to miss the season and part of the next season because of it. See? Uh, the Bennett brother. Bennett, yeah. I'm in Vegas. In Las Vegas. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and and it's like, you know, these are pro athletes. Where if something happens to them, it's automatically gonna make national news. Mm-hmm. Now, Gabe, that didn't make national news, right? And it it made me feel like if this didn't get national attention, what about the countless other stories that don't get national attention? Mm-hmm. You know, we of course we have those that do, right? But I mean, there was. There was dash cam footage of what happened to Gabe, and it was, for lack of a better term, some bullshit. And they wonder why, you know, we feel so strongly about this man protesting the anthem. Yeah, exactly. Because we see and we know That's where I was going people next with that. Yeah. where this has happened. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So people who don't understand it, the ones who want to take it personal as far as this is, you know, disrespecting my, country. To my like, country. Like, no, you haven't been. This 
so you haven't encountered an incident that really actually affected you personally or anybody that's around you personally. So, you know what I'm saying? So it was just like those things really do, you know, hit home for you. And you, and like I said, it makes me more prouder to see that somebody, like you said, on a national level, yeah, you know, bringing awareness to this. Like you said, we, we, sometimes we see that these athletes, these feel like they don't, they don't go through what we go through. No. You know, sometimes, you know, I just feel like, or, or, they have enough money to circumvent the issue. Or, you well, yeah, you know, it's kind of the same thing as far as like you know, as far as that. And it's it's like man, like I, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. I I really, really, really be upset when I hear people talk about it, and they be like, X Y Z needs to stand. You know, like I had some coworkers. No, no. It was like, oh, they need to get up and stand for the for the flag and all this type of stuff, and, and it's like. You know your main reasoning for them doing that is is disrespectful to the troops. Yeah, and I I want to ask these people like, what have you done for a veteran? There's a VA building in almost every neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? You get to a VA building easily. You know, have you volunteered? Have you donated any money? Yeah. Do you know what the veterans go through? Do you even care? Exactly. No, you don't care. Have you served? Yeah. Why you didn't serve? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why you want us to show respect to these people that you don't even respect? You just using that as a scapegoat to not talk about what we're talking about. Yeah. To not address what's really the real issue. And you're really just showing your hand to be slightly bigoted and racist. That's really how I feel. That's how I look at it. Whenever I hear that type of stuff, I just, you know, I, I go in that direction. Yeah. Like, if that's how you feel, then you don't give a you, you don't care about me in the way I feel right. and the dangers that I could possibly encounter. I had a cop pull me over and ask me if I was wanted for murder. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That's how they do. Made me feel like, you know what I'm saying? His whole demeanor and all that type of stuff. I was just happy that he didn't ask me to get out the car. Yeah. But you know, for a cop to ask you if you wanted for murder, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, bro, like, where did that even come from, man? Yeah, I mean, it's just how it is out there, man. You know, it's like I said, it's and we got to keep on raising, you know, what I mean, or keeping it up. We can't like this, like you know, get buried under, buried under the rug, anything like that. You know, we can go on forever about this, man. It's like because, like I said, this is an issue that's definitely going on in America that seems like it won't go away anytime soon. You know, uh, so I'm pretty sure we'll probably address this again. But yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and just keep it rolling, man. Um, next topic we're gonna talk about our next issue. That a couple of people has been brought up is <laughs> um, professional sports. Is it rigged or is it you know conspiracy to it? Yeah, you know. And uh, somebody hit me up on that one. Yeah, and you know I got it too. And like for me, for years I've been going back and forth on it. You know, cause I, I, it's like I see it, but then I don't. And you know, so like, I, let me just start from here with the. I start with this year, with the playoffs. You know, going to the finals. They say that everybody wants to see the Warriors and the the Cavaliers again. They're trying to build this this uh, this rivalry up. So it's like, of course, yeah, that's what the NBA wanted to see, mm-hmm. you know. So for me, I really don't see that because you know the East is somewhat weak, so it's not that hard for LeBron to really get through like that. The West has, I mean, the Warriors have probably one of the best teams of all time. So it's like, of course, you know, what I mean, they have a, a, a open gate to go to it. But on the flip side of it, doing a little research, we know that the NBA just 
sign a big contract deal with these TV stations, right? Mm -hmm. You know, ABC, ESPN, TNT. So these big contract deals brought them a whole bunch of money. So how do you think ABC is going to make this money back? Through viewership, right? So they said on average, the playoff games, they probably make about between 40 to 60 million based off a game, you know, certain games. Mm -hmm. If you get to a game seven, that jumps up to about 80 million, Mm -hmm. right? So then, so this past, um, so this past year for the NBA playoffs, we had two game sevens in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals and West Conference Finals mm-hmm. for the first time since, what, 1980? It said 79. 79? Uh-huh. So it's kind of like, so now they they done doubled up and made $160 million. They got to make that money back some kind of way. They done give out all this money to the NBA to show their game, so now I got to make this money back. So right. They're trying to get it back as fast as possible. Right. So when it comes back to when it comes to conspiracy like that, I definitely agree with it there. You know, they, they won a game seven. Now, as far as the detail of it, how they gonna get to a game seven, I can't crack that yet. I mean, I uh, of course, it's, it's I think obvious. it's some, it's some referees out there, most definitely, especially because, like you said, uh, for Houston and Warriors, you had Scott Foster referee game seven, and he the Rockets been zero and five when he referees. You know, so you definitely see that out there. Um, I can believe it to that extent. So it's just like I said, I I, I kind of straddle the fence on this because. One point where I felt like they really would have rigged the NBA was the year when they wanted Kobe and LeBron to meet in the finals. You had all this hoopla going around, these commercials with the puppies and everything like that. So everybody just thought, we're going to see Kobe and LeBron in the finals. It's going to be historic. Hey, man. And then the Magic ended up beating the Cavaliers. You know what I mean? So I was kind of like, ah, maybe it's not so rigged. And then, you know, you fast forward a little bit, you have Aisha Curry blast everybody on his Twitter and everything. And, She's calling them out, saying it's rigged. I feel like she's just in her feelings because, you know, still. Hey, right. I, and he's throwing timber tantrums with his mouthpiece and shit. I'm so. going to let you, uh, cause I'm, 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 I'm 100% positive that these games are rigged. They're not fixed. It's a difference. It's not a fixed game. It's just, it's influence. That's the word I'm using. It's some influence going on, and it comes directly through the refs. Tim Donahue already admitted that. Mm-hmm. They would bring in certain referee crews, like you said, the young man that uh, ref the Rockets game. They would bring in certain referee crews to so, do certain games so if certain they knew right. the crew would do it a certain way. And this year in the game sixes, it was very obvious. When Boston was playing Cleveland and they were in Cleveland, J.R. Smith was out there. Hacking people. I'm talking about he was pushing people in the back. I was watching the game with my dad. He had bowled uh, Jalen Brown in the head. They didn't call it. There was a play. You can look this one up on YouTube where Al Horford was under the goal, took a power dribble, did a head fake, and it was like Corver, J.R. Smith, Green, and I want to say it was Tristan Thompson too. I can't remember. But it was four calves down there. Right. And they all like took a swipe at him, and then Jr. he took it over the top and jumped and came down with, like, the tomahawk swipe. And then they finally called a foul, and all five of the Cleveland Cavaliers hit the simultaneous protest. Like, what? Like, what are you doing calling a foul? So you had that going on in Cleveland. You turned right around. You had the same thing going on in uh, in Golden State with Houston and Golden State. It was to the point to where, you know, I follow Richard Sherman on Twitter, and he said it. He he said, it's fun to watch NBA games when the game is called 
no, no, no. He said it's not fun to watch NBA games when the game is called one sided. It's so obvious. They just wanted a game seven. Mm-hmm. We could have skipped this. And I agree with him. Now, I know we talk about the NBA, but I'm taking another step further. The NFL, they do the same thing. When they want certain teams to score or when they want, you know, I, I go back to the Jaguars versus the Pats. Okay. If you remember that game in the AFC uh, Championship, Jacksonville was on, on New England's ass. All right? And – Tom Brady really wasn't getting anything done. And then miraculously at the end of the, of the half, he gets two really good pass interference calls. Oh, yeah. That were very questionable. Yeah. Very ticky-tacky. I know one of them was for sure. And, well, Jalen Ramsey, his was legit. A.J. Bouye, he, that was not a P.I. Right, that's what I'm saying. Um, But Jacksonville had the least amount of P.I. calls out of any team in the NFL, and they had the most picks, and they had the most sacks. So for them to get two P.I. calls back-to-back was very uncharacteristic of Jacksonville. And then I was telling my homeboy, I'm like, bro, it's like Tom Brady knew to just chunk it deep. Yeah. You know, Tom Brady, he he ain't got no deep receivers. He had Cooks, but, you know, Cooks ain't about to beat none of them deep. So it's like he just said Hood told Cooks to go, and I'm just going to chunk it, and they're going to call this P.I. And that's what happened. So, yeah, I 100% feel like these games are influenced by the referees because the NFL don't have as many judgment calls as the NBA. Like, almost every call in the NBA is a judgment call. Mm -hmm. You know, the NFL, most of their calls is like, if you do it, it's a flag. But P.I., that's a judgment call. That's the only judgment call they have. And only in the NFL is that a spot of the foul call. Uh, high school, college, P.I. that's 15 yards. It's not a weapon. And the NFL is a legitimate weapon. Yeah, so, come on, you get the ball where it's at. Yeah. yeah. So I, I strongly, strongly, strongly believe that these games are influenced in this way for particular teams and for particular players. They want LeBron James and Steph Curry and them to meet because they're the faces of the NBA. You know, uh, NBA Finals with – Jalen Brown and 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 Jason Tatum and Terry Rozier against James Harden and Chris Paul and PJ Tucker. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we were still watching because we NBA fans, but would the casual fans watch it? Yeah. Nah, I mean, you can't hype that up like you could hype up Warriors Cast Four. You know what I'm saying? Well, you can't. I mean, because I mean, because Steph Curry and he didn't came a household name, household yeah. name pretty much. So I mean, everybody all across the world watch yeah. him. You know what I mean? I so mean, you won't just have. People just from Oakland trying to just cheer for them, mm-hmm. and then kind of the same way LeBron. LeBron has a huge fan base yeah, too. He's a, I mean, he's so a global figure. It's just more, like you said, it's more viewership. It's always more money in it's there. Money so in there's it. more things going on. So you can build campaigns around it. You can build advertising around it. Yeah. All these things that go into it, and you know, it, it'd be it would kind of. I, I agree. It would have been harder for him to build something around James Harden and and Chris Paul. Right, because it seems like they've been building up. The- Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Warriors since last year. Right. So And there's nobody else in the East really that you really would have wanted to see yeah, against the Warriors. It seems like, like it's been marketed yeah. in that fashion yeah. already. So it's like they would have to scrap a marketing campaign that they had, like when you said when it was LeBron versus Kobe, uh potentially. Mm-hmm. And it was just it, to me it was it was like really obvious. It was really obvious, you know. Um 
there were some calls and there were some things that happened where uh, I felt like Boston made some momentum in that game six. And, you know, Terry Rozier got it to within seven, and then they got some foul calls and things like that happened. Mm-hmm. Same thing on the flip side with Houston. Houston was in the lead. Uh, Houston was really pouring it on Golden State. And it's like they stifled their my, momentum. My only thing about Houston, though, is I can't I can't defend them because when you well, – they, they do some, some bullshit. I know that. Yeah. I'm talking I know. But when you get to, you get to game seven, they go out and they miss 27-3. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Refs like, don't do that. Refs don't, ref don't do that. That's yeah. why I say it ain't no. fixed. It's influence. You yeah, know I, you still got to go that. out there and hoop. I mean, Clay Mays had hard at 10 points in that game seven. So, I, mean, I, I do see the influence piece of it. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? But it, it gets crazy. But then I, was like, I also want to talk to you about a little bit about uh, conspiracy a little bit. Okay, so we had Hurricane Katrina. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then you had the Saints win, right? right? Let me go back before that. Go, yeah, go, Let me go back before that. that. You had 9 11. 9 11. Who won? Patriots. Patriots won. And then we go, like I said, we went to Hurricane Katrina, the Saints won. And then we had Hurricane Harvey. You have the Astros win. Right? Yeah. So it's kind of like, and <laughs> they went seven games in. I know I know, baseball is a little bit hard to influence, but it's just like. No, it's not. It made that story huge to go to game seven. After the hurricane, it's, it's, you you know what I'm saying. It's, so it's like it's like uh. So then when I was like when I was watching this, I was like, damn, are they gonna put Houston in the NBA Finals? Because it is has another story. There's just thing called the strike zone in baseball. You know what I'm saying? And it's harder to influence, but then it ain't. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. They can do that in baseball too. Yeah, but, but it's like it's more you're more it's like more yeah. intentional as far right. as where you're gonna do it right. at. Yeah. So it's just, it's just so so that part right there. I'm still kind of like I'm kind of mulling over in a sense because I'm like I'm trying to figure out like damn because this could this really be something like you know every time we've had a catastrophe or something like that or you know this big this crazy event those teams always do well the next season mm-hmm. you know of course you know I, I do I will say the team they probably do play better because they have more more uh-huh. to them and like that yeah but it's kind of like for them to go all the way through though and then just win the whole thing it's kind of like after a major catastrophe like yeah. And now it's like, I know some people, they, they feel, I know a lot of people feel that way. As soon as something happened, they automatically link it to the sports team. Like, man, you know, the sports team probably going to do X, Y, Z. And I feel the same way too. But those teams still got to come out there and play. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They got to go out there and play. They still got to go out and there. And it's not and like play. they were just playing average and, you know what I mean, getting lucky here yeah, and there. They actually, they actually were dominating. You know, I will say that. Well, the Saints, they were cheating. They, they were out there. Oh, that's the year they were. <laughs> yeah, that was the year they was out there hurting people. I remember that game. Yeah. They almost ended Brett Favre's career. Okay. They were hitting him late. I remember that. I can't remember that far as yeah, that yeah. season. Specifically, I'm, you know, like yeah. as far as the breakdown of it. They, that was when uh, Brett Favre was with the Vikings. Okay. And the Vikings had a squad that year. Yeah. They had a squad. Brett Favre was killing that year for the Vikings. And the Saints, they were doing Brett Favre. Bad man. Uh, yeah. What's his name? Mar- Marcel Darius was that his? I can't remember who it was. But man, somebody hit Brett Favre so late, yeah. so hard. I'm like, golly. Yeah, man. So it's like I'm interested. Well, I'm interested in saying what you guys think about you know these topics, especially the conspiracy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think there's conspiracy in sports, and is it good for the sports? But like that, I mean, we know it's good for the sports. Damn. But us as fans, like, do we notice it and how does it affect us the most? I, you know, I, I think it's um, bad for the sport 
in a way mm-hmm. because like in football where there's a little less um well I would say there's a little more parity. Right. You know, of course you you got the teams in the NFL that suck and they've just sucked for a long time, you know, the Browns and Dolphins and things like that. Teams that are, you know, we people wiped them off already. Those teams. Um but it is it's not as many of them as it is in the NBA. Like in the NBA, we can probably already pick the conference championship games now for next year. You know, we, we can do that. Like there's really not much turnover in the NBA. And I seen a stat on Twitter that basically says since 1980, the NBA has had one of like eight players in the finals. So that's like Magic, Bird, uh, Hakeem, Jordan, Kobe, Shaq, LeBron, Duncan. That's eight players. And that's almost 40 years. Yeah. You know but what I'm saying? Say, but I, I told you earlier, I think that – I mean, I, I, can, I can see that, but at the same time, like, between eight players and 40 years, it's like they all play about a 10-year span, like – that's kind of believable because they were dominant players. They were dominant they gonna players. They're going to be Hall of Famer. All of the Hall of Famers right, you of just course. brought up. I'm, they're know? not slouches, and I'm not saying that, you know. Yeah. But it's just kind of ironic that in 40 years you had six players basically represent the finals. Mm-hmm. And then from that same time, we could name the the winners of the, of the titles on our, like, two hands, like the Lakers, the Celtics. Yeah, they've Pistons. always had dominant franchises. Yeah. Lakers, Celtics, Pistons, Spurs, Houston, uh, uh, Dallas won one, Cavs won one. Yeah, Bulls Miami too. I mean, yeah, Bulls been in there. Bulls won multiple. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, just that just so that's not that kind of goes back to like to the market too, you know, as far as how well the players want to go to those markets, put like that. I don't think that though, you know, I, I, because I, I, I mean, think they want to do that because that's the, way the from, NBA does it. Aside from aside from Cleveland, I mean. All the rest of those are like big market places. You know, of course, you had Houston in there, but they kind of like won on some fluke stuff because Jordan won the round. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that wasn't supposed to happen. But, but other I than just, that, it was kind of like. But to me, Detroit, that, they're not really a huge market. Uh, Miami, it's a fun city to be, but it's not a huge market. You know what I'm saying? They were that's, like a new team, too. That's South Beach. You know what I'm yeah, saying? They ain't been around too long. But they won when D Way was there, and then, you know, yeah. LeBron went back and they won two more. Um, but. I just feel like the NBA would have more um, – it, it would grow their fan base if these te- if it was more like football in a sense to where, you know, you genuinely felt like your team is just a move away. Like, you know, in football, with the exception of just a few teams, at the start of the season – you feel like there's a chance that your team might be able to, you know what I'm saying? Oh, make yeah. The playoffs, yeah, yeah. You know NFL what I'm is like totally different. Yeah, it's, it, it you know, can be a it's, it's a little bit more competition. Yeah, in, aside in the from field. the Patriots, you know, you kind of already know they right. represent right. them. It's, and, it's, them just, the it's just a little more competition. going to come out of there. Uh, yeah. In the NFL than it is in the NBA. And I feel yeah. like the NBA, yeah. it will stand, um, you know, it will stand the game, you know, by allowing that. Yeah. But since we talk about the NBA, and the final start on the thirty first. Mm-hmm. You got any predictions for the finals? Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do this real quick, man. You know, Cavaliers um, seven to one odds. <laughs> okay. For them to win it, um, 
they have uh, the biggest point spread even in game one, which is like 16. You been? Or something like that. I might bet. I'm betting. I'm always going to ride out with Cavs, man. I got the I'm LeBron, lose some money. the Cleveland LeBrons in seven. Don't ask me how. Yeah. Don't. I don't care about stats. I don't care about who lining up what. Everybody right. know that, you know, I am uh, critical of LeBron and the way he plays, but it's just something about it. No, nah, for me, I just feel like. I just feel like he going to win. I feel like. uh I feel like I feel for me they have like a slim chance of winning. I'm being real, you know. I'm the hugest LeBron fan out there. I think they have a slim chance of winning, but I think with even with that having a slim chance, you know, there there, there is some some room in there that where we can sneak one out of there. So it's a, it's a slim chance. I'm still gonna rob the Cavs. That's what and I'm saying. In seven, for me, the Warriors don't look like the same Warriors. Yeah, to me. I mean, it's, I mean they it's, don't like the same dominant. Man, it's just lining itself up. And I'm trying to tell people, man, when you last year the Warriors they ran through everybody, swept everybody. They were on a mission. So you don't realize how much energy you preserve on your body doing it. They don't went through what they, this year. They went through seven games with the with the Rockets, mm-hmm. and they lost uh, to. Well, they went six or five against the Pelicans. Five, right? Five or six. Well, they still lost, but like that, they they accounted some losses. They lost in the first. So round. they're not going to be as fresh as they was going through and all this thing like that. Especially so, this game in Houston, it was hard fought game. You got some yeah. injuries. I mean, Clay Thompson got banged up. Steph got yeah. a little banged up. That's another thing. They're Iggy. not they're not going to have Iggy game yeah. one. So that's another factor. I mean, regardless, he's still a Finals MVP, man. Yeah, I mean, he, he, every, everything matters. Everything you gotta, matters. Got to be one hundred percent. So I like that's one thing that that they had going last year. They had no injuries, yep. and, and they were just on a mission. Yeah, so you know I'm stuck. I'm still going. I'm still going to ride the Cavs. I got to man. Yep. I said, but you know, I just I'm not going to be shocked if they lose. But at the same time, I would love it if they won. Nah, you know I, what I'm mean. Not, the way that they they setting it up, man, it's like you know, if LeBron lose, it's okay because he's going up against the greatest team ever. Yeah, I don't believe they're the greatest team ever. They one of the best, but they're not the greatest. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, if he wins, he beat the greatest team ever. So they send it up for LeBron. You know, where you know the greatest team without having all stars too, though. You know, it's aside from Kevin Love. No, no, no. I'm talking about uh, Golden that's... State. They talking about Golden State, just the greatest team ever. No, I'm just saying, like, if LeBron was a win, that's how they trying to set it up to make it build like you know, as far no, as for his just, legacy. Just setting it up to where you know LeBron. For his legacy. It's like LeBron in the junkyard game. You know what yeah, I'm saying? So. so... They done made it to where he'll be good either way. I mean, his legacy gonna be intact regardless when lose or draw this one. Yeah. Um, but I got LeBron in seven. It's just something about it the way I feel. Me and my dad, we both said the same thing. Uh, y'all, let us know what y'all think. But you know, I plan on I plan on going to Game Four, man. Hope it ain't no sweep. All right, about my ticket and everything. I'm in there. Yeah, my buddy, he was at a uh, Game Seven in in, in uh, Boston. Yeah. So if y'all boys see me, shout me out out there, man. I'm just- all right. Well, um, again, man, thank you for paying attention and, and tuning in to Thin Line Between Love and Sports. Um, like I always say, listen to us, subscribe, share, support. We on every outlet. Oh yeah, we everywhere. We everywhere. No excuses. Yep. See All y'all right. next week. Peace.